Welcome to Giving Youth a Voice podcast, where we share information to youth by youth. Stick around to see what information the youth in our community choose to share this month. Welcome back. Our sad chapter would like to welcome Officer Robinson back to finish answering all your questions. What would you say the worst mistake you've made as a cop would be? The worst mistake? Well, I think one of the dumber mistakes that I made as a new police officer was just losing my sense of direction and where I was one night or I guess one early morning. I was driving around a neighborhood thought for sure that I was behind somebody who was driving under the influence. They were all over the road. And I had put on my lights because it was like three, four in the morning. I didn't want to throw on the sirens. We were the only two people on the road. So I figured, oh, I'll put my lights on. They'll definitely pull over. And the person didn't. So I thought I was going to get myself into a pursuit. I was pretty excited. And I started calling out to my fellow officers a street that I was on, which I was not on. And so I had cars all en route to this pursuit that I thought that I was in. But once I hit my siren, the person pulled over immediately, only to find out that they were delivering newspapers and driving on both sides of the road to do so. And I had my entire rest of the squad on a neighboring street that I was not on. So I was not paying attention to where I was at. And thank God it was, you know, nothing major, but it definitely shook me and made me realize what an enormous mistake that could have been. And um, I absolutely needed to be more aware of my surroundings at all time to be able to get help to myself because I was not able to get help to myself then. And it was a really stupid rookie mistake for sure. I feel like that makes sense though. Like it's like, I feel like that'd be a common one, especially in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Your adrenaline's going, and I thought, wow, man, I actually found one on my own, and I, you know, I was sure that I was going to get this DUI, and this person was all over the road because they were delivering newspapers, <laughs> so that was really dumb. Thank you for sharing that rookie mistake with us. We see you are someone who is well-respected and put together, so it is nice to see someone so successful that is not afraid of mistakes that can learn from them. It also helps that it is a funny story. Is it illegal to take pictures without someone's permission? Like, for example, if you're in class and students decide to use their phone and take a picture of a classmate? Well, as you know, you should not be using your cell phone while in school at Carl Sandburg Middle School or any of the other middle schools. That is against your student code of conduct. You shouldn't have your phones out, although we know it happens all the time. The general answer to that is it depends. It really depends on the situation that you're in. Um, If you are out in a public space where you're legally allowed to be, you can generally photograph anything that you can see in plain view. So if you're outside at a park, you can take pictures of other people, other things, because you're legally allowed to be there. And when you're out in public, you have a reduced expectation of privacy. So you can take those photos. Just like You can take photos of police officers. You can take videos of police officers who are on duty and conducting business. The only time that that kind of stops is when you're interfering. So if I'm in the midst of trying to handcuff somebody who's fighting back with me and you are in the midst reaching over, trying to take a video of that event, you certainly could find yourself in trouble uh, because now you're you're obstructing and you're making my job harder and more unsafe because you've involved yourself. 
when you're on private property, that owner sets the rule. So something like a, a store, that's considered public, but it's actually private. It's open to the public as a courtesy, um, but they are allowed to set their own rules about if you can take photos inside. And if it says none, then the answer is none. Um, if you continue to do so or refuse to leave, then you could be cited for trespassing. But there's also other places too that are public, that, but there is an expectation of privacy, like a public restroom or the library or a church. Those are places where it's not typically okay to take pictures of people. There are other ones for religious exemptions. There's people like the Amish people. They don't want their photo taken. So it's more of a morals thing. You know, you know that they are not a culture that wants their photos taken. But one incident that we see at school a lot is that there are still some parents on this planet who do not permit their teenager to be on social media because they do not want their child's face out on the internet. And they have whatever reasons they have. And I think that that's fantastic. So then when you have another student who's taking a picture of that other student and putting it on these social media platforms, it becomes a problem because that kid did not want that. The parents don't want that. So that can become an issue. And we really try to work with both sides to get those pictures taken down because they have chosen for their child not to have that ability. And, and I think it's smart for a lot of kids your age. Can the FBI see from phone cameras, Chromebook cameras, uh, et cetera? Can they? Yes, absolutely they can. Do they do they monitor the average person's cell phone and computer? Absolutely not. Um, the last statistic I saw, there's over 300 million cellular devices out there. That would mean that you need 300 million FBI agents watching that stuff because somebody would have to be watching it, right? That's just not plausible. Um, you would have to be involved in something really significant for the FBI to get access to your computer, your cell phone, and that kind of thing. Um, there are certain kinds of warrants that they have to get. Only certain people who are certified in the Wiretap Act can even get these warrants. And once you go up on a wire, then yes, they can intercept your phone calls, your text messages, pretty much any of your... Um, cell phone or computer activity. They can follow where you're going because you're leaving a footprint on these computer systems. I don't know if you've heard like an IP address is kind of like a fingerprint. So they can track you that way. They can track your GPS. They can track your whereabouts based on your devices. But again, they have to have a warrant. Warrants do expire. They're only good for so long. So you, again, you would have to be involved in something pretty serious uh, for the FBI to be looking through your camera. <laughs> So is that just like a live thing or can they go back and like rewind to like previous dates? Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. We can download cell phones and all of their data. Um, so if I needed to take a phone for an investigation, I can hook it up to a machine and that machine will start downloading every person you called, every person you texted, every picture you took, every website you visited, every single keystroke that you have made on your cell phone, I will be able to retrieve that information. So something like Snapchat, where something was snapped that was inappropriate, and of course I can't see it because now it's gone, we can send a letter of preservation to Snapchat and then we get a warrant for this information and we can get that data back. Snapchat has to maintain all of the things, all of this information for a certain amount of time. So even though it disappears for you, it doesn't necessarily disappear for Snapchat or law enforcement. And that goes for a lot of cell phone carriers too. So we know 
how long text messages, videos, and keystrokes last for each cell phone carrier because they are all different. But they're federally mandated to hold on to it for X amount of time um, so that we can retrieve it with a warrant. Could you see like my eyes only on Snapchat or like hidden pictures? You can get all of that data, yes. Yep. So even if the person is not willing to give up their PIN, there are ways around it. They do have software that can try and circumvent that system to get all the data in the phone. I want to reinforce the point you just said about the private stories or my eyes only. I had no clue that companies had to keep it for so many years down the road, and you can retrieve that information with a warrant. Just take a moment and think about that. We are talking about years. Anything you delete is still there. Any conversation you have with a friend is still there. As a 14-year-old, I message on social media so I can talk openly with my friends about without worrying about my parents or their parents reading everything we talk about. I am definitely going to be mindful in the future about any secret communications that are kept and can be used in any case. All right, so for school, we have GoGuardian, and we always yeah have talks about visiting different websites, and they're always saying, like, we can see your every keystroke. So, like, technically, wouldn't they need a warrant for that? No, because that is not your property. (laughs) That computer is not yours. It's school district property. And by you taking possession of it, you or your parent has signed a contract. I know that there's paperwork that comes along with that computer, and you have given them the ability to utilize GoGuardian to monitor your behavior. So because it's a school device, obviously we don't want them accessing all kinds of craziness. So they do watch. I've heard like Alexa can like pick up on everything you talk about. Is that true? Yeah. Alexa does hear. You knew it was. That is creepy. I tell my parents that they don't believe me. That's why I turned mine off. Alexa can hear what you're saying because it is constantly listening for its name. So it has to be listening. So it does listen. So there is um, newer case law that's coming out in regards to Alexa because there obviously is an expectation of privacy in your own home. So if you and your husband get into a raging domestic and somebody's getting locked up and, you know, if I'm the wife and I say, well, you know, he said that he was going to kill me, it's my word versus his. But what if Alexa heard it? Can Alexa then retrieve that information? I don't know all of the technology that's involved with it, um, but I know that there's case law coming out about that, but definitely something to look into. Did you have to eat military food? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would suspect that military food and prison food are pretty close. Um, they're both probably really, really awful. A lot of things get pulled out of bags, containers, and I have God knows what in them to preserve them for extremely long periods of time. Um, the meals ready to eat are bags of food that have usually been sent sitting around for about seven to 10 years. And, and then you cook it up with water and a hot rock. And it is absolutely awful. Back in the day, it used to come with two cigarettes uh, to help the, help you to stay regular, if you will. And now it comes with two pieces of gum that achieve the same result. (laughs) Fun fact. Have you ever felt bad for pulling someone over? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is not fun to pull people over. You're just hoping for the best, that people drive the way they're supposed to, maintain their speed limits, don't do anything crazy. But there are absolutely been times where I feel bad. And it's especially when I'm pulling over elderly people, I feel bad. Um, 
I, I generally have a rule. I just don't cite people that could be my grandma or my grandpa. I can't do it. I will happily give them a warning, discuss why I've pulled them over, what my concerns are. Just because I pull you over doesn't mean that I have to give you a ticket. I can give out verbal warnings. I can give out written warnings. I can tell you, hey, your this or that is expired. I need you to get it taken care of pretty soon. So you can have discussions like that. I don't like pulling over old people. I do not like pulling over new drivers either because I know it's very nerve-wracking for them. Um, so I try to keep it as lighthearted and and friendly as possible. I try to be as respectful as possible. I feel like I get a lot further like that. The best tool that I have is my voice and my words. And I really try to use that to my advantage. But, you know, certainly there are times where people really deserved a ticket that they got. My biggest pet peeve is seatbelts, in case you're wondering. I can't stand it when children are not in their safety seats. That drives me insane when I see kids crawling around the back of a car and the parents are belted in. That one will drive me banana sandwich for sure. And I would definitely pull you over for that to let you know. Um, We are a department that is insanely involved in our community. We try to do as many things as we can for our community. And if you came to me and said, I don't have the money for a car seat, I will get you a car seat. And I've done it plenty of times before, and I'm sure I will do it in the future. But keeping our kids safe and driving safely on the road is really important, especially in a place like Middletown where we have so many major roadways and tons of traffic all day long. It's just important to always wear your safety belt. That is very kind of you guys to do that. Yeah. Well, we have grants and foundations that absolutely believe in the same things. We need to have kids in car seats, and they are incredibly expensive. So it is hard for some people to get their hands on them. So I've made connections throughout the township at different stores that um, are usually very good about letting me know when they've got a great seat on sale or something like that. What is one thing you would tell your middle school self if you could? Wow. That's a really good question. So one thing I talk to middle school students a lot about is quality over quantity. Your quality of friendships is far more important than the quantity of people that you have in your friend circle. I think a lot of people, especially girls, get caught up with the number of girls that they can surround themselves with. And for me, I just always kind of recognize that there's a lot of drama that comes with that. I am anti-drama. I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to hear about it. Um, So I think it's important for kids to be sure of who they are, make good decisions for themselves, always look out for themselves, and know that a quality friendship is far better than the quantity of people that you can surround yourself with. Um, Staying true to yourself is really important. I could tell myself to stay true to myself, make good decisions. Um, You know, I never have ever done a drug in my life. And when I joined the military, I got tested and continued to get tested. When I became a police officer, they really couldn't believe that I had never in my life touched a drug. And it worked out great because my lie detector tests were simpler because I just, no, 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 and no. And I passed them with flying colors. So I did stay true to myself in, in that respect. I dealt with a lot of really heavy family stuff as a child and in middle school. And I would say that I absolutely had an excuse, but I could have either used what was happening to me as an excuse or a reason to do better. 
And I've always for my entire life used it as a reason to be the absolute best that I can be because I know that I'm better than where I came from. I know that I'm better than some of the situations that I had to be a part of as a child. And um, I'm hoping to exemplify that every single day. And I hope that I can be a mentor and somebody that some people want to look up to, you know, someday. That would be like the greatest compliment somebody could ever pay me. This has been Students Against Destructive Decision Club at Carl Sandburg Middle School. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Officer Missy, for joining us and answering our questions. That's it for this month's episode of Giving Youth a Voice. Any questions for this podcast can be emailed to podcast at nc4youth.org. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting app and be sure to sign up to our email list on nc4youth.org so you don't miss out on our next episode. This project is made possible by funding through Bucks County Drug and Alcohol Commission Incorporated. I'm Grayson, wishing you a happy and healthy month. See you next episode.